This is the GGC Life Podcast. Good. What an honor to share God's word. You know, I never take for granted. It's an honor to deliver, proclaim, to, to tell of this good news. And I don't know about you, but those carols really are moving for me. You know, like I, I think of the reality of what actually happened when Jesus was born and why Jesus was born. The reality is we, we don't understand the power of the good news if we don't know the power of the bad news. There is bad news. If we don't understand the bad news, we don't know why good news is good news. Why would good news be good news if there isn't any bad news? So if you look at um, Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at the story and um, have a look at when Jesus was born. You've got to remember when God created the earth, He made mankind, He, he, he made Adam and Eve together. They make up the image of God. The Bible is really clear that God stooped down and breathed into Adam while He was Molded from the, the dirt and he was a magnificent human being. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living being. And when Adam stood up, we know that you know, he, God had to put him to sleep to make the woman. He was totally out of it. He's totally asleep. We didn't have a clue what was happening when God was shaping the woman. We still don't have a clue but it's because we were asleep. And so together they make up the image and likeness of God. But we've got to understand they lost the presence of God in the garden. When they disobeyed God, clear separation took place. God could no longer dwell in mankind. And there was a complete separation. God himself said, in the day that you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day you will surely die. They died. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. There was a massive problem in the earth. And God knew what was going to happen. So the Bible actually says that God had Jesus Christ crucified from the foundations of the earth. What does that mean? That in the mind of God, God had it all planned out. And He already knew that Jesus would be given as a gift to mankind. And He already knew that He would be crucified for our sins. Before He created the universe, before He created the earth, before He created mankind, before there even was a problem, God already knew the answer. Just, just please remember that. Then 4,000 years of history took place. And in that 4,000 years of history, there was a lot of prophetic words from the prophets that spoke out prophecies for Jesus to fulfill. They prophesied things where He would be born, the place that He'd be born, how would He be born, how He would die. So many clear prophecies, 4,000 years of preparation. Just imagine what heaven would be feel like I'm talking about the anticipation of the angels and everyone in heaven God the Father and everyone watching how it looked like from heaven's point of view because from the earth's point of view it was a quiet day in Bethlehem no city traffics there's no traffic there's no there's no cars no trucks it's quiet the only thing they've got for warmth is fire it's nice and quiet and I look at the story of this night in, in chapter 2, verse 6, it says, while they were there, because they had to go there to be censored, they had to go there to um, register their name because the whole earth was going to be censored so they could be taxed. And they had to go back to their place of birth and they went back to Bethlehem. My sneaky suspicion is they looked for a place in the inn because their, their family that they had there probably, was, it, 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 she was ridiculed because she's pregnant before she's married. And everyone, you know, there was a lot of, 
distaste or disfavor that she could be pregnant. How could she get pregnant? So maybe because she was full with baby, the Bible says by the time she got there, she was already full, fully pregnant. And maybe they didn't want to knock on their neighbors or their family's door. They didn't want to disturb them. Maybe they, they went, let's go to the inn instead. And the inn was so packed and so full, there was no space, as you know. While, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. Like God had it planned. Even the census had, had to be, you know, it was designed by, by the, the rulers of Rome for the census to happen right at the time where the birth had to happen. But we know scripture says that the birth had to happen in Bethlehem. They weren't living in Bethlehem. They were living in other places. They had to come to Bethlehem to be, to be censored and, and written down. And the baby was due right at that point. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. No room for them in the inn. God knew there was going to be no room in the inn. It's like God was okay with them to be born in the barn, in a manger, where they feed, there's troughs there, and they feed animals. It wouldn't have smelt nice. You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting because if I was God, and I don't know about you, but if we think this is my son that's going to be caught, uh, born, this is the king of the universe that's going to be born to save the world, let's, let's make an announcement, let's, let's, let's let him be born in a palace, let's, make, let's protect him, let's do whatever it takes to get him born. But in God's wisdom, he knew I had to keep it quiet. Because if he, keeps, if he, if he's, he makes a massive announcement, and if he lets the whole world know that the king's going to be born, what, what actually happened two years later? Two years later, the wise people came. I know we showed it looked like it was at the manger, but according to the Bible, it was two years later at his house, they came, the wise men from the east, they came to give gifts. He was already two years old. When the, when the leaders found out about it, they said, let's kill every single baby from two years under, and let's kill them, because they're trying to get the Messiah, the, the enemy, the devil's trying to kill the Messiah. And so Herod at that time decreed to kill all babies. That was two years later. So I want you to see that in this night in Bethlehem, and I thought about it, how many people were there in the natural who was there? The scriptures say Joseph and Mary was there. They probably would have told the dream. They probably would have said, Gabe, I mean, Mary would have said, an angel came to me and an angel told me I'm going to get pregnant without knowing anybody, without being intimate with anyone. I mean, if someone says that, most, even your relatives will think, sure, sure you're going to get pregnant without having sex. Without being married. I mean, sure, that's not going to happen. So not, every, not everyone believed it. And, and, and so in Bethlehem, they're on their own. It seems to me, there's nowhere in the scriptures that say there was a massive crowd ready for Jesus to come. And so in God's grace and in his goodness, because heaven looks at it completely different, it says, and the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before, sorry, I read the wrong one. In verse eight, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Now we don't know how many shepherds, but we've got some shepherds working out in the field. So let's say five, six, 10, 12, we don't know, 15, 20. Can't imagine it'd be much more than 10 or 12. They go out there working, taking care of the sheep. So let's, whatever you want to think, the Bible didn't say how many, but there's, there's a handful of shepherds there. We know there's more than two, Right? It says, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So this is a brilliant light that comes out of the angels. The glory of God, like a portal opened up, so to speak. And it says, and they were terribly afraid. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. This is heaven announcing the good news. This is heaven celebrating. To heaven, this is the most exciting moment of all of the history of humanity. God is about to become a man. God's going to be put on a body. The Holy Spirit was going to overshadow, as it was prophesied, a virgin. And overshadow her and make her pregnant. And so that the Holy Child would be called the Son of God. God's, God sneakily got Himself back into the earth. And Jesus is called the second Adam, the last Adam. Why? Because the first Adam lost the presence of God. First Adam was defeated by, by Satan. But now God brings another Adam, a last Adam and a second Adam, Scripture says. First Corinthians chapter 15. And refers to Jesus as the last Adam, the second Adam. He's the son of Adam. Fully man, fully God, but he doesn't operate as God on the earth. He operates as a man on the earth in your place and in my place. He identified himself as mankind. And I just, I just want to picture and help us to understand that heaven's rejoicing in this moment, but it's a quiet moment in the earth. Because God on purpose didn't make an announce with, with lights and announcement and everybody knows, hey, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. He, he, he brought it in on purpose, sneakily, because they would have killed him. The enemy would have killed him. The enemy would have tried to kill him, but God's too smart for the enemy. And I bring you, this is what the angel said, and I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Who's this good news of great joy for? All people. Please say all people together. Does all people mean all people? That means absolutely every single person on the planet. This news is good news of great joy for all people. Everyone needs this good news. The world wants to say they don't need it. But the angel from heaven announces this is good news of great joy. Why is it good news of great joy? He tells us why. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. A Saviour, I looked up that word, it means a deliverer. So the problem is the world wants to teach us that we don't need a Saviour. The world's trying to say we don't need a deliverer. Why do we need a Saviour for? Because we're all in our sins. Why do we need a deliverer? Because we're bound, we're in our sin, we're spiritually dead, we owe a debt to God we cannot pay. This is the thing, God is real and you and I will have to stand before God and give an account of our life before Him. That sounds like bad news. The reason why it's bad news, because it is bad news, the reason why it is bad news is because we've all messed up. We've all sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God knew all of humanity being spiritually dead without God's spirit, without God's hope. It's impossible for you to obey me. God knew that. So He sends the Saviour. That's good news. He sends a deliverer. But the world wants to say, there's no such a thing as sin. What's sin? It's just your idea of sin. There's nothing wrong with disobeying. We can do our own thing. We're a law unto ourselves. We can make our own law. Yeah, look at the way the world's going. Because we, we, we've thrown out the law. We've thrown out the Ten Commandments. We've thrown out everything to do with God's Word. And look where the, the world's falling into a slippery slope of complete darkness. Calling darkness light and light darkness. They think you're crazy because you believe the truth of the Word of God. I'm telling you. Tell you as it is. In the book of Revelations, I haven't got time to, have, to, to actually, uh, well, maybe we should read it, because I want, I want see, the, the, the fear of God has to hit our hearts if we're going to understand the good news. This is good news, by the way. 
in Revelations chapter 20, verse 11. It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it. This is going to happen. This is something he saw into the future. This is not maybe going to happen. This is not, uh, we just hope it happens. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't happen. It's definitely going to happen. This is the future, right? I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne and books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged, judged, from the things which were written in the books, because everything that we do is recorded in books, according to their deeds. So the dead were judged by everything we've ever done. They're written in books, it's recorded. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and death and hell gave up the dead, the dead and which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and hell, or Hades, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And, it, and if anyone's names were not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The, the book of life is referred to as the Lamb's book of life. And who is Jesus? Remember, he, he came to be born. He's saved. He, he's the Saviour. And John the Baptist sees Jesus coming down to be baptised. He goes, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's good news. That God in His love and His mercy sends His Son as the gift, the greatest gift that God ever gave to you and me and to mankind was His Son, Jesus, as a gift. Because He lived holy and pure without sin, but then He dies on the cross as if He's the sinner. That's how He saves us from our sin. And the, the reality is we do need saving. The world doesn't want us, want us to believe that there is a God and that one day we'll give an account. And that there is a hell to shun, there is a heaven to gain. You can, you can accept Christ and come into relationship with God and, and have a reconciled relationship with God as your Father. The thing that you gain is a relationship with Him. It happens to be we don't go to hell. That that's just happens to be. Because now we've been reunited to God and we experience heaven here on earth right now. We, we experience heaven right now. Look what it says. Verse um, 12, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in, clove, in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, this is what I want us to see. And suddenly there appeared with the angel that was speaking to them, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, multitude is, I think in the thousands. I don't believe it's in the hundreds. I believe a multitude is in the thousands of angels that were probably so excited to come from heaven to break into this earth and to praise God and say, oh, we're going to the announcement of the King. We're going to, be, we're going to the earth in Bethlehem. And we're actually, God the Father has sent us to, I believe the angels were excited to, to, to announce the good news to the shepherds. Because we're going to talk to the, tell the shepherds to go to, go to see Joseph and Mary when Mary, it was, Mary gives birth to Jesus. It's like God's encouragement to them because they're alone in the, in the manger. Letting them know that these angels, thousands of them, is saying, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. That's the good news. Peace. God, through the angels, announcing peace among men in whom he is pleased. He's pleased with mankind because his son is taking the judgment away. 
God sending his son to take the judgment in our place so that God is no longer at war with mankind. He's at peace with them. That sounds like good news. But the reality to this good news, if you've got to accept this good news. I know one of those carols that talks about opening up our hearts and let, let him come in. If I forget how it goes. The, like, let him into the room of your hearts. And, and oh, if we could just let that happen. Just opening up our hearts and actually let the king be the king. To be reunited with God. That's the whole purpose of Jesus' birth. It's the whole purpose of why he had to come to this planet. It says in verse 15, when the angels had gone away, so they came, they sang those songs, they praised the Lord, they declared the good news, the earth and on earth be peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight away to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened to them, that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to who? Mary and Joseph. And the baby as he lay in a manger. That's all that were there. It was quiet. They just gave birth. It's smelly. It's not very pretty. But he's the son of the living God. Born. And heaven celebrates. And these, and these shepherds come and they must have went to Bethlehem. And we're looking for Joseph and Mary. We're looking for, um, the, I think she's pregnant and she's going to give birth. And I'm sure that Bethlehem's so small. Oh, well, yeah. I think I heard that someone tried to go to the inn and it was full. I think they've gone to the barn. That's what I heard. And they found them. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And then it says, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the child. I believe that's happening, you know, not just with Joseph and Mary. They started telling anyone they saw. They spread that news. And it says, and Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying, praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them by the angels. I just want you to see something in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I'm going to read it in the King James Version. Beautiful promises. This, this is a prophetic promise about Jesus coming about 800 years before he was even born. For unto us a child is born. I love that. Unto us. Who was this child born for? Unto us. Who was he born for? To you and me. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Who was the son given to? To us. To all of mankind. We read that earlier. For all people. Right? Unto us. We don't know who this son, Jesus, was born for. And the government, or the word government is kingdom, dominion, right? It means empire. The empire, the government, the kingdom shall be upon his shoulders. Whose shoulders? This little child, this little son. And his name, and he's not, he's not going to remain small. He's not going to remain a little child and a little son. He becomes the king of kings. He was born, but he becomes your saviour, my saviour, my deliverer. And look at this. It says, the government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful. That word is word marvelous. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his kingdom, of his government and peace, shall there be no end. No end. The kingdom that he brings, there'll be no end. The, the, the kingdom that he brings is going to increase and increase and grow and grow and there'll be no end because Jesus brought the kingdom here on earth. That's what was his message, remember? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
His message, he declared, repent or change for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's, it's, it's available. In Isaiah 7 verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means that shall call his name God with us. That's what the word Emmanuel means. It's interpreted God with us. A virgin shall conceive. A virgin remains a virgin and she, she conceives. That's the supernatural miracle birth of Christ. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and made her pregnant and so that the holy child will be called the Son of God. Jesus got His bloodline from His Father who was God, not His mother. This mother had fallen contaminated bloodline from Adam. All of Adam, in Adam we all die. This is in Romans. In Adam we're all dead. We all spiritually died in Adam. But in Christ we're made alive. Why? Because He had pure blood. And because He was born for a virgin birth, He had pure blood and He could die for your sins. He can die for my sins. Amen. That's good news. God sent a Saviour to save us from our sins. Look, I just want you to see that this is here and now. In Galatians 1 verse 4, it says, Who gave Himself, talking about Jesus, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God our Father. He wants to deliver you and me from this present evil world. Not just, oh, when I go to heaven, I'm delivered. Oh, when I make it into heaven. No, we, we enter the kingdom of God now. Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But when he's born again, he can enter and see the kingdom of God. The moment he's born again, the kingdom of heaven comes. Amen. Matthew 1 verse 21. It's okay to read scripture to you. And she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. That means Joshua, which means salvation. For the... For he, Jesus, shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying. So Matthew's writing to a Jewish believer. He's writing to the Jewish people. And he always quoted Old Testament scripture. And he says, This was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall, shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. He's quoting Old Testament Isaiah 7 which I just read. Did you know that Jesus fulfilled over 300, close to 365 maybe more, 365 prophecies from the Old Testament. He fulfilled it. And it's impossible for a person to fulfill it because you can't predict when you're going to be born. That's the first impossibility. Can you predict I'm going to be born at a particular time? These are just eight, right? These eight, the probability for one person to fulfill these eight, I'll tell you in a moment. The first one is the time of his birth. It's in Daniel chapter eight and nine, the timeline, time of his birth. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would be born of a virgin. Number four, he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. That was prophesied in Zechariah chapter 11, verse 12. It actually happened with Judas. He would be mocked, Psalms 22, verse 7 and 8. He would be crucified, John chapter 3, verse 14. He would be pierced. That's in Psalms 22, verse 16. He would die with the wicked, but he would be buried with the rich, Isaiah 53. The chances of one person fulfilling all these prophecies, and there's three, over 300 plus, is 1 in 10, 10 times 27 zeros. I don't even know what that number is. 
I don't even know how to say it. I really don't. I don't know, billion, trillion, something. But 20, 10 and 27 zeros, chances to be born. That person fulfilled all those scriptures. It's impossible. But God wanted us to know that He's the Messiah. He's the Saviour. He's the Deliverer. The world wants to say there is no hell. There is no consequences to our sin. So therefore, there's no bad news. And if there's no bad news, you don't need a Saviour. You don't need the good news. It's good news. It's called good news because it is good news. Heaven was rejoicing and excited and celebrating. I reckon they were celebrating. They were all poised and watching the angels come in to declare glory to God in the highest. Peace toward man. The war between God and man is over. Someone has paid the penalty. Jesus consumed the judgment. The only thing that's left is us to believe and repent. The word repent means to change your mind, change your thinking. See, my, my mind was a certain way. At, up till the age of 19, I was living my own way. I was, I was walking my way, my control. I'm in control. I actually was my own God. I was fulfilling my own pleasure. I, it's me. I will do what I think is right for me. I didn't have a Lord. I didn't have God to inquire and ask Him, what do you think, Lord? But the Lord wants us to change our thinking and trust a loving Father that only wants the best for us. If you only could see that all He wants is the absolute best for you. The world would run to our Father. We as believers and Christians need to portray the goodness of God. How beautiful He is, how loving He is, how gracious He is. He would take me and forgive me. I don't want to ever forget 35 plus years ago, I was forgiven. Isn't that good news? I don't want to ever forget that, that God forgave me of my sin for free. That's why Jesus was a gift, free gift. Most of us think, but what do I have to do to earn that gift? How, how good do I have to be so God can accept me? How good do I have to be to, to be forgiven? You ask most pers- people out in the streets, just go do a survey. So what do you think you have to do to get to heaven? They'll all tell you what you, th- you must do. The good things you have to do. You have to be a good person. I'm sure yeah, if you're a good person, you'll get to heaven. But the Bible says no one is good, no, not even one, but God. God knew we're all spiritually dead and we all needed a Saviour. And then when you accept Jesus into your heart as Lord and Saviour, you're basically saying, God, forgive me of all of my sins. I don't want to live my life my own way. I want to follow Jesus. It's a beautiful thing to do. It's a simple thing to do. The majority of the people in this room have done it. If you haven't done it, I want to give you an opportunity for you to make peace with God, our Father. What are you putting your faith in? Jesus, completely Jesus, only Jesus. He died in your place. The good news is He was sinless, but He died as a sinner. Because He was sinless, He couldn't keep, the devil couldn't keep Him dead. He was resurrected from the dead for our justification. The, the, the gift of right standing with God is free because I put my faith in Jesus. Him who knew no sin, the Bible says, Jesus knew no sin, became sin. When did He become sin? On the cross. He became sin. He put on our filthy rags of unrighteousness. Imagine, I'll use me as an example. My life, filthy rags of unrighteousness. Yours, same. Filthy rags of unrighteousness. It's dirty, it's smelly, it's yucky. I cannot go to God in that state. Jesus takes my clothes, puts it on. In reality, becomes sin. Because God left Him. My God, 
my God, why have you forsaken me? Not will you forsake me? You're about to forsake me? No, you have forsaken me. God had to leave him for him to spiritually die on the cross. Jesus had to spiritually die, be separated from his father to physically die. He became sin. He never committed sin. He became sin. I never committed righteousness, but we become righteous by faith in Him. That's good news. That's good news. But there, there is an exchange. An exchange happens by faith. There is, an, there is a commitment on your end. It's saying, yes, I believe. I'm, I want to make Jesus my Lord. And heads bowed just for a moment. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. You're not saying yes to religion. You're not saying yes to any man-made rules, regulations. We're talking about having a relationship with God and taking this Bible, taking the words of Jesus, the words of the apostles and following Jesus as a disciple. You become a disciple of Christ. Amen. So Father, Holy Spirit, we know no one can come to you unless the Holy Spirit draws them by your Spirit. So if there's any people in this room, maybe you once knew the Lord and you walked with Him, but you feel you've drifted, you've, you know, maybe you've gone far away from Him and you just feel, I want to come back home. If that's you this morning. Just put your hand up, say, please pray for me, Leo. And if, if it's someone, maybe it's someone for the first time, you've never made peace with God and you never heard the good news, but you want to say yes to Jesus. Just slip your hand up and say, include me in that prayer. I'm gonna, we're going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer. Thank you so much at the back. Anybody else? I want to say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you over there. Anybody else? You want to say yes to Him. It's a beautiful, the most beautiful thing you'll ever do. You're saying yes to this beautiful gift for free, but it cost Him everything. It's free for you to receive, but it cost Him everything. The, 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 it's free to receive, but then we give Him our life. You're giving Him your life. The most beautiful thing you can do is give God the Father, who's beautiful, your life. Give back your life as a gift to Him. Anybody else want to say yes to Jesus? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you at the back. Thank you. Thank you. Can we, can we pray? If you want to join in this prayer, I mean, if you haven't put your hand up, you want to say, I, I, I want to be included in this prayer. You're giving your heart to Christ. You're making Him Lord, but you're also giving your life to Him. Can we do this together? Just repeat after me. Father God, I thank You for sending your son Jesus to take my place and die for my sin. I turn away from my sin. I change my heart, my mind, my thinking. I I repent. I give you my heart. I open my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Forgive me of everything. Cleanse me completely. Because of what you did when you shed your blood on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's rejoice. The Bible says, this is the Word of God. When one person repents, when one sinner turns back to God, one, there's rejoicing in heaven. That's how valuable one person is. So right now, there's in heaven, they're rejoicing. If they're rejoicing, we should rejoice with them. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.